for books, for t-shirts, for past events and videos. Check out his website, zenbitchslap.com. All righty. And if we go, now this is a familiar uh, part of the book for all of us. If we go to page 24 of our big book and start with the squiggly writing, the fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice and drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of suffering and humiliation of even a week ago or a month, uh, a week or a month ago. We are without defense against that first drink. Isn't that the truth? Almost certain consequences that follow taking even a glass of beer do not crowd in the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are hazy and readily supplanted with the old threadbare idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure of, of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. The alcoholic may say to himself in the most casual way, this won't burn me this time, so here's how. Or perhaps he doesn't think at all. How often have some of us begun to drink in this nonchalant way and after the third or fourth pounded on the bar and said to ourselves, for God's sake, how did I ever get started again? Only to have that thought supplanted by, well, I'll stop with a six drink, or what's the use anyway? When this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid and unless locked up, may die or go permanently insane. These stark and ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history. But for the grace of God, there would have been thousands more convincing demonstrations. So many want to stop but cannot. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confessions of shortcomings, which the process requires for its success. <clears throat> Excuse me. For its successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we have been living it when therefore we were approached by those who in whom the problem had been solved 
There was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence, which we had not even dreamed. How's that for a beginning? That's a mouthful, yes. Uh, Paul Alcoholic, good morning, everyone. <clears throat> Sorry I was late for a minute or two. Uh, yeah, now the way I see this, or you could see it, is that uh, the baffling part is we don't know that we've been taken over. So when, with without knowing that, then all the aspects or the expressions of being taken over arise, it seems very confusing to us. Why can't I stop? Why can't I just say no? All of this confusion is based on not recognizing the root of the problem in a way. We've been taken over by a foreign pathogen. And the foreign pathogen is overriding our agenda, so to speak, and supplanting it with its agenda. So every time where we used to think we would turn left, we turn right, it produces a sense of bafflement because we're not clear about the exact nature of the wrong. So when you don't see your role in things, it's sort of on a basic level of being out to lunch. You know, I would go out with the hopes of having a good time, go to some bar, shoot some pool, cop some drugs, do the drugs, go to a dance, go to a club, try to meet a babe and end up in jail like at 12.30 or 1 in the morning. And then the next morning they'd release me. And then maybe not that day, but the next day. Oh, hold on. i got to turn on the battery. The next day I would do the same thing expecting different results. Now why isn't this on, why isn't this concerning every topic it's especially concerning this one because something's taken us over and how it fuels its little takeover is us doing shit like drinking and doing drugs because it's sort of like there's a lot of yapping but once the uh, genie's out of the bottle you're gonna live by its three wishes not yours and usually those three wishes for many of us is institution jails and death so Basically, the genie gets out of the bottle. It's the genie's life, so to speak. And the bafflement is we still have this story of self-centeredness thinking that I'm in control, that I can manage. And it's not true. And so we're blind to the obvious facts. Almost everyone else sees we're screwed before we do. What does this all imply? There's some message in it that something must be... Like it says in recovery, after you get in the program, you know, you'll realize something has done for you what you can't do for yourself. Well, one of the first realizations, hopefully, is you realize something has done through you that you would never have done by yourself. <laughs> yeah, I hope that's a revelation. Because then you see, the uh, then you're not baffled anymore. You're not like, I can't believe it anymore. You know, you see, you see the the nature of the wrong and then you see its traits yeah and how it defeats us it doesn't have an infinite uh, variation of the defeat 
most if you see enough of us that have been defeated you're going to see a pattern yeah and hopefully you'll do an inventory and see that pattern that you see in all of us alcoholics as your pattern and then hopefully you'll go further and see it's not your pattern it's the pattern of self that's dominated all of these different us's yeah all of these different pauls and jims and marys and and uh valeries and stuff like that we end up in similar consequences and situations because we've got one driver all the while the programming keeps talking as if we're behind the wheel and it's very fucking confusing because we're not behind the wheel <laughs> that's the good news <laughs> so in this case when you realize you're not behind the wheel you want to get a new driver as we say in AA a new employer and something an employee means to you so something has used us in the past the old employer let's say alcoholism I like to I believe it's identification as self and obsession thereafter but let's say alcoholism so that's the that's the old employer and we know what it's like to work for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so now we have a new employer and maybe we don't know what it's like to work for that but there's people that have been in this process and have, and have lived under this new employer for quite a long time now and they can share and reflect and express to us what it's like to live under the new employer and maybe the motivation will be I just don't want to work for the old employer anymore I don't want to be worked by the old employer I don't want to be used by the old employer so yeah sign me up for the new employer but after, you know, AA produces the good. So after a while, working under the new employer, you recognize benefits are starting to happen. You're not going to jail, let's say. You have, like, we used to joke around, what's one of the, what's one of the uh, consequences of sobriety? You'll have the same phone number, yeah? <laughs> I've had the same phone number for 20, 30 years now. <laughs> Things like that start happening. So... And this is all constructed and allowed to happen by the new employer. Yeah, so, <clears throat> I don't know, I read everything that's, when I hear everything from the book, I hear it from this idea that there's something in me that's not of me, let's put it that way. Sort of like a, a long-term virus, but in this case, I call the virus me. And when the virus manifests through me, I call them mine. I would say I'm in the act of being identified as the virus. And I would say that's, the, that's what keeps the Petri dish uh, so hospitable to alcoholism, to tell you the truth. And a lot of other, uh, let's say, not very expansive qualities. So, yeah, um, I'm just so happy to be here. And I think the repetition in time is important. And just to be sitting in the certainty of the solution and actually a certainty about the problem from the solution. You know, seeing it from a solution, the solution tells you about the problem. So thanks everyone for having me. And there you go. Thanks, Paul. Um, I don't see any hands yet. If anybody has any questions on anything that you're dealing with and in, in working the steps and living this 
thing we call sobriety, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, raise that little hand and, and sound off here. Hey, can I share something, honey? Sure. On the top of page strip 23, I think he's talking about all these things they've just shared before we get to 24. He says, these observations about being an alcoholic would be academic and pointless if our friend never took the first drink, thereby setting the terrible cycle in motion. That's the glory of abstinence, yeah? That you realize the problem isn't about stopping drinking, it's about not starting, yeah? And you live in that state of not starting. And uh, man, it's a big open space, yes? Once you start, it turns into harm reduction, really. So the whole point is how can uh, that which uh, that urge to keep, keep, keep getting, you know, escaping from whatever, how can that be changed? It's just, it's changed by the basis of our life changes, trusting something infinite rather than our finite self. It, everything goes back to that really. Yeah. And we can't do that. If we try to trust the infinite as the finite self, that's trusting the finite self. You can't get out of that little conundrum. So there's a surrender here. There's a recognition that I can't do it, but something else can, yeah? And I'm gonna allow it, let's say. And why it wasn't allowed is when we're taken over by alcoholism, because we don't have that choice in our life. Something, we're occupied already. So we have to do, we have to go through the first three steps to get to the working steps so that a change can occur. And that emphasis, as self gets diminished, you'll lose interest in it, as it says. You'll lose interest in self. That losing interest in self is what allows a lot of other possibilities to land, yeah? And there's a trick about losing interest in self. Self can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> because anytime self tries to lose interest in self, that's interest in self. Yeah, that's the dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the same dilemma of quit playing God. Unbeknownst to you, there's a playing God that reads that. And so that which is playing God tries to quit playing God, which is just more playing God. There's no out in that little mechanism. So it says here, in a way, these observations would be academic and pointless if our friend never took the first drink. There you go. <laughs> I haven't had a first drink in 33 years. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Because I was very clear, I didn't take the first drink. Something took the first drink, and that something then took me over. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have alcoholism. Alcoholism had me. Yeah, that's how I see it. I don't see it as, oh, I just, you know, who would choose to have alcoholism? Yeah, it's not one of the top 10 when you win door number three. Uh, yeah, I'll choose alcoholism. No, you don't have it. It has you. Yeah, it's just that simple. Why do we have this language that we rely on that that's bogus. Its emphasis is always misplaced. 
Yeah? We're, get, we're getting totally dominated by something, and then we think, oh, I'm, I'm fucking myself over. No, you're not. Yeah? That's, a, that's an old story. Something's fucking you over. But it's not you. You'd be happy as hell if it would stop. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. You'd be grateful. And you'd maybe you'll actually get out of your ass of self and help others. You may. Who knows? Yeah. You'd be fucking blissed out. Yeah. You're not fucking yourself over. Something's doing it. Yeah. Let's see it. Let's call, you know. Uh, well. It's just a suggestion of a view, a different view, because the old view tends to end up in an alley, a dead-end alley. It doesn't go any farther because self can't get out of self. Yeah? So no matter how much there's an improvement of us and self claims it, it it's a finite level of improvement. It ends, yeah? Because self can't get out of self. It may look like it can get out of self for a period of time, but it inevitably runs into that fact that self can't get out of self. Inevitably, it's going to run into that fact. Yes? And then what happens then? Do you think self comes to its senses? No, it doesn't. It will keep trying to get out of self with different vehicles. You throw it in from drug addiction and crack houses into like meditation halls and shit. It's the same, same in a way. It's going to be self trying to get out of self with different methodologies. Yeah. Yeah. And usually the great revelation isn't that you succeed, is that it fails completely. And then maybe you recognize you're not that. Yeah. I don't know. What can a failed system show you? It's failed. That's its value. I think we've, all of us have seen it already. Yeah? There's no more, there's no more need, in a sense, to get defeated anymore. You've seen it. Yeah? Let's move on to the next stage of acquiring a new employer <laughs> and moving on and, and then have that migration to the trusting the infinite. And then living life from there is completely different than living life from trusting the finite self. Yeah. Because it's not trustworthy. Not because it's personal. It's myopic. It's a failed system. It collapses on itself. And its, it's agenda may be there to be of help to you, but ultimately is for its own survival. It wants to be self. Yeah. So... When push comes to shove, you get pushed out and shoved out. Yeah. It's like that old story with the lady who saves the snake, and then the snake bites her a couple of days later, and she's shocked because she was so nice to it. And the snake goes, she asks the snake, why did you bite me? I'm a snake. Yeah. This is a like a parasitical movement. You can't blame any, you know, it's like a friend of mine who's had a terrible relationship and then they share another terrible thing that the person in the terrible relationship has done as if they're surprised. Hey, you know, the stripes were revealed years ago. <laughs> I mean, how can you be surprised now? Yeah. What's surprising is that is that you're surprised, really. I mean, you know. <laughs> 
when do you sort of get it and open up to moving on? <laughs> self can't get out of self was not in it was not injected into the program of recovery. It came after people practiced the program of recovery and it was they there was an observation of something that wasn't noticed before, which is self can't get out of self. <laughs> it doesn't say that the first page of the big book. Self can't get it. No, they learned it. How did they learn it? By trying to get out of self as self. <laughs> or there was a trying, to, they weren't, but there was a trying of getting out of self as self. And there was a clear recognition. And suddenly this statement came up in our community and it's sort of it's become a, a central point in some of our community self can't get out of self it's not in the book i don't think it comes from people watching that exact action going on and on <laughs> so there was a an awakening to that a recognition and it got so much oomph that it was passed on as a an incredible little cryptic statement yeah self can't get out of self why would you say that to paul and jim and debbie if they were paul and jim and debbie you're not saying it to paul you're you're talking to what we are about what we're not you're saying hey paul aka self you can't get out of yourself <laughs> Oh, far out. Thank you. Yes, it's an incredible thank you. This is the fifth attempt. First drugs, first, wait, first reading science fiction, then fucking drinking, then more drugs, then spirituality. That failed back to drugs, then, then holistic living, macrobiotic, tons of things. So every one of them were different vehicles of the same theme, self trying to get out of self. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with macrobiotics or, or this or that. It's the intention that's given it by what's before it. So if I'm trying to get out of what I can't be in, they're gonna be mechanisms of failure, yes? They're gonna fail me with the hopes that I finally get it. I hope, I don't know. See, like here, you're up, nothing's working. You sit on your ass for a long time, meditating, meditating. Maybe some possibility becomes available. Now you're up again, but now it's different. If you just stayed with the first up, it may not, you would, you would be traveling heavy. So you've done something, let's say meditation, you followed the 11th step, things got released, and now when you're up, there may be no need to sit down, you see? You're walking around being meditated. It's completely different. Now, if you want to jump right to that from being up, you probably can. Yeah? So we have to do certain shit to get to arrive at a point where we don't need to do certain shit. Yeah? But it's not a lifetime of doing certain shit. When the condition is produced, there'll be new stuff. There'll be new possibilities. Yeah? So let's say you start out, all right, I got to be in boot camp, man, because I can't 
I don't trust myself as far as I can throw me. So I get some fucking sergeant type guy. Hey, call me every day and like that. It may work. I hopefully it doesn't work for ten years, maybe a year or two. Then there's a little more space. I can sort of maybe I do a daily practice, but then I realize if for some reason I miss the daily practice. I'm listening to a narrative that says my whole day sucks because I did, couldn't meditate. Now that looks like slavery to me. So no, okay, wait a minute. That's, I can't be that. Now my solution is being used to enslave me. Nope, I'm not into that. So suddenly, hopefully, you arrive at being a free-range alcoholic, yes? Yeah? Now you start from an okayness. That could be strengthened or weakened by what you do or don't do, but you start with an okayness. Yeah, you're not trying to build an okayness. You start there. It's totally different. Yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. So now you know you're in good hands, and those hands aren't yours. So what's there to sweat? Yeah. Stay close to it, and can't be far from everywhere. And do its works well? Well, who's going to tell you when they're not being done well? Your fucking head. Yeah? You now have your contract with the new employer. And it says, page 63, it's going to take care of you. Woo! That's freaking awesome. Because most of my life was a fear of not being taken care of, obviously. It's just said, as the new employer, I'm going to take care of you. Now, 30-something years later... I'm not in the fear and anxiety, is it or isn't it? I know, I have faith that it takes care of me. Why? Because it's taking care of me. <laughs> it's not a giant leap of faith. The leap of faith is to the insanity. There's no leap of faith needed in recovery it, because it produces the effects. I've been taken care of for 33 years. Should I still be sitting there worrying, you know, like, am I going to be taken care of? I think that's abusive, really. I do. I remember I used to paint houses, and this, this family I painted had a grandmother from the old world. And she would stand there. She had the, the, like the stocking socks and the long dress, and she would just look at us painting all day. And her hands would be going like this. And she'd, say, she'd look at me and go, are you going to move those cans? Of course we're going to move the cans, you know, whatever, Mrs. something. So one night I decided to fuck with her. I left a, I left the tarp on the living room floor and I put a can there and I could see the the speed of this started moving really fast. She's and she's flipping out and I said, "Yes, I'm going to leave that can there. I'm not moving the tarp. Of course I'm going to move the can. Come give me a break. I've moved the can every day. I'm not you know what I mean? It was insane. Have you or have you not been taken care of on some fucking level? Has hopefully the urge been removed to drink or use? What more evidence do you need? Or are you in the profession of being the doubting Thomas? That's fucking reliance on the, inf the finite self to me, completely. If you're not convinced by now that you're taking care of, I don't think anything can do it. Really. So, you have maybe be honest about that. Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure. All right, well, follow the dictates of the finite self. That's the, that, to me, is the greatest teacher is life, yeah? Go argue with it, really. Argue with life. See how you do.
<laughs> I would rather just say no mas and get on with it. Yeah. Why do you want to go through the 28th round? You're going to get knocked out. Yeah. Just surrender. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So. I feel it's important. You know, you could do a retreat on self-care, get out of self, really. But it's much better delivered in a very quick whack to me. Yeah. Because if, if it doesn't trick because you've seen it, it's something you know that you don't want to know because there's a reliance on self. It does not want to know the evidence against its position. <laughs> but here we have it. We know that self can't get out of self because we've been watching it for years. <laughs> it doesn't come to a recognition of that. Self doesn't realize it can't get out of self because it doesn't see itself as self. It sees itself as Paul. It sees itself as Kurt and it sees itself as Mike, and that stubborn delusion they talk about if we can only manage better doesn't even stand up close to this stubborn delusion yeah, of get self getting out of self. That's way beyond if I could only manage better. That's just, I mean, that's a little attribute of self can't get out of self is a huge, the huge delusion of all, yeah? How are you going to realize you're not in something constantly in the act of trying to get out of it? How? Yeah? When we're in the act of trying to get out of it, there's an investment in being in it or was in it. I'm afraid I'm going to be back in it. There's a, a huge mental investment in the reality of the in because your whole story would fall apart and you don't want to be seen as the emperor with no clothes. The mental state is saving its fucking image instead of its ass. Yeah. It doesn't want to be seen as wrong, so it'll just perpetuate the wrongness. Yes, on and on and on. This is the pride of self. Yeah. It's failed, but it won't admit it. It won't. You, I didn't admit it. It was admitted to me. Something took the reins of the whole story and just went to the innermost and just revealed the truth that had been the truth for many, many years, that I'm fucked. Yeah? That did not come from the head. No way. No way, no way. Yeah, that message did not come from there. Nor, did, nor was it received there. Yeah, so the problem resides in the mind. You don't want the mind to be entertaining the solution. This mind, the mental activities, no. Yeah. It'll stay all day thinking if it should go to the meeting. It needs to be in the habit of going to meetings. So you think which one, yes? Yeah, yeah. So I just really feel this little bit of understanding goes a long way in living life a day at a time sober. Just do, yeah. And it has such a momentum and it builds up such a power 
because you don't need to stoke that engine. It's it's like self lights, yeah. It just lights on, lights itself up. All you need to do is honor it a little and be grateful for it, and it just keeps on cooking, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't make things easier; it makes things easier. Yeah, yeah. So. That's why we don't have, you know, let's dissect the step. You know, the steps are sound. They're perfect for what, what's, what's needed. What I feel is a clarity about the exact nature of the wrong would be helpful. Yeah? Because if you think it's a thing, you've lost already. If you see it as an activity, there's a possibility of being free from it. Yeah? But if you keep calling it you, you're trying to be free as it, and then you're caught in the net of self can't get out of self. Don't you see it? I mean, it's obvious. If you take it yourself to be that, then you're trying to be free as that. Yes? That's the bondage of self. It's using freedom to bond you to the idea of being the one who needs freedom. It's freedom from self, not freedom for self. Please get it clear, yes. If you and see, of course, none of us would say, "Oh, I'm not looking for freedom for self," but in the act of being identified, you are. Yeah, because you don't know you're taking yourself to be the mental image. So exactly what you're denying is actually what's happening. You are attempting to be free as self, and that's why. And all the confusions about why and why not it's working or this and that is all based on that bit of confusion. It all comes from not knowing that. It does. Seriously. Yeah. Self can't get out of self is the one of the most obvious statements when you don't look at it from self. <laughs> I swear. It's just like it's just it's just yeah yeah you all you do is go like that yeah exactly yeah <laughs> now you see self one self but the other self called being called paul isn't seen so paul makes total sense to paul to get out of self why isn't it working? Because it isn't Paul getting out of self, it's self getting out of self. There you go. There's the diagnosis. Yeah. Don't call me with 800,000 stories. That's the reason why. The reason why is you're mixed up with Debbie and self. You think Debbie has a self or is, li or is living with a self. You don't realize the idea of Debbie is the self incarnating <laughs> it's the living aspect of self it's the selfing the idea of self as the devil and the culprit is an objectified aspect of self that many of us can notice but we very rarely are seeing the subjectiveness of selfing yeah. and hopefully we're pointing this out <laughs> so you can recognize the idea, and see, the idea of Paul is always, see, it's not so much the idea of Paul. That's going to be here. 
it's what's come what's behind it what's moving through that idea of paul is it the mental activity or is it spirit so to speak that's really see there's no light in paul and there's no darkness in paul but light and darkness can come through paul yeah that light yeah so we're very 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 thin we're not a long-lasting solid thing we're like a very thin membrane and what's moving us is what's going to express to us so if you're moved by the finite self there you go we've had enough examples of what comes through if you move by the light hopefully you've got enough examples in your own life to notice that yeah so paul is just a little paul is like a pointing you know paul yeah now if it's backed up with tons of mental storage and programming then there you go the bondage of self if it's sort of empty and lights coming through there you are you're the you're like the the paintbrush for spirit to do an art project with yeah that's it trusting something finite or the infinite or the infinite Could you imagine that that which is trusting the finite isn't you? What a relief, yeah? So you don't have to try to, te- try to teach it not to trust the finite, no. You see you're just not that. And so you, then you can see in all of its naked glory the faith in a failed system, yeah? Because you're not of the failed system, you're out of it. And then you can also see the idea of the infinite as being a living basis that you can live your life from yeah it's not you seeing it there's a seeing it yeah Mm. Mm. so yeah anyone yeah we have leah who's been patient oh yeah i just we're going Available on here. Leah, are you ready? No sound, Leah. Can you unmute, honey? Yeah. There you go. Hi, Mickey. Thank you for your service and good to see you. Good to see you, honey. Um, Paul, so there's not a question, you know, like I, I'm, I've been coming here now for close to a year and there's not a question, an argument, disagreement. There's not a, a, a not handing my life over. There's not um, um, a willful, conscious, um, exertion of my self-will it's not willful it's not willful when i quit drinking 12 years ago i was really lucky and blessed or, or divinely touched where i said i was done and i never touched a drop of alcohol again never 12 years great what i've come to find out is that um i did not ever address the causes and conditions and just being abstinent from alcohol um, did nothing to 
yeah, under uh, address those underlying causes and conditions. And so that's the, um, the resentments and the control and the fear of abandonment and, um, the self-will run riot. Um, I have no emotional sobriety and I have started one fire after the other with my mouth, with, uh, my temper, with this compulsion seemingly, um, just to continually put my foot in my mouth and puppeteer and manipulate. And so I'm admitting all of it, right? It's all there. And I, and I, and I continually, continually pray about it. It seems that despite no disagreement whatsoever that I'm powerless, that these negative traits of the action figure, and I agree, it's not me, I'm possessed by uh, uh, alcoholism, it's not me. I'm having a hard time, unlike my situation when I quit alcohol, I stopped, done. I'm having a hard time with the emotional piece of it. Yeah. What do I do? <clears throat> Surrender. But I have surrendered. Well, surrender that you have surrendered. Yeah. Just keep the attitude fresh. It doesn't matter if you've surrendered like March 21st on May 11th. Yeah. Emotional sobriety usually doesn't show up in this process like the first week. Yeah. Yes. You have, you've been with this for a year, let's say in this direction. Uh, the uncomfortableness of those things are more raw because you're more open. Yes. Things are getting, are moving. So of course, uh, you know how when you're out there, it looked like a lot of times people come in AA and they think they have no resentments? Yeah, because the mental denial has been so good, they think they don't have any anger or resentment and they're the angriest person you ever met. Yeah, so now that those, those the, the system defenses start lifting off, you get to see the rawness of stuff, yeah? You got to let it have its five seconds on the stage forever how long and just trust the process yeah rome wasn't built in a day so to speak yeah i've had certain deep mental grooves that took 11 years to sort of play out in sobriety they would have dominated me from the dark my rest of my life they would have but because i was in this process and that something demands from me that my head doesn't want to offer yeah and i had given up hope well things changed and then that thing that used to really really flare up would show up but it would be just like uh instead of a forest fire it'd be like you know lighting a small you know garbage can yes and so i saw that as great great progress so yeah honey you know, all that stuff that's not you, 
is still the basis of experiencing and interpretation. It's gonna, it may take a little while to change, but at least you're established in what works. So just keep allowing it to work. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And what else can you do? I mean, uh, like it says in uh, 12 and 12, no one wants to admit complete defeat. No one wants to, uh, that's why we relied on the head. We wanted the easier, softer way, so to speak. And, and uh, of course, that isn't the easier, softer way. Sometimes you have to go yeah. through a process. Remember I when I came in here? This reminded me of something. When I came in here, I had given, my whole life had nothing to do with process. The process of my life was acquiring drugs, pu putting it in the water and shooting it up. Yeah, it was it was pretty much instant gratification as quickly as possible. Then I get into AA and there's a beginning, a middle and an end of a lot of processes. Yeah. And then what was happened was and at the beginning, it was like, well, I don't want to get go through these processes to get to that end. Yeah. But then I got lost in the middle. I just was processes were happening and I wasn't looking for the end of them or anything like that. Yeah. My whole life got changed under this influence. So I've been in a, because I'm not in the outcome business, first of all. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm on an operating table. Maybe I think it should have been over already, but it ain't the operation and I just keep submitting to the wiser view, hopefully, and then let the operation continue. Yeah. Yeah. So something's going to open you up and you know what? You'll be the better for it. And so will others. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thank you. This is this year, honey, that we've been together. I hope it is just the beginning. Yeah, not meaning you and I being together in Zoom, but of this trajectory, because to my feeling, this is clear direction, and you're gonna you're under a process of change. But really, for change to be growth, it needs to be directed. Yeah, and there's a wisdom that's directing this change in us. Yeah. That gives it the meaning of growth. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the thing is, Paul. Um, I, I like, and this is not like, you know, um, I, I'm I'm not saying this to be dramatic or for attention seeking. Miracles happened to get me to this point, and miracles have taken. I've seen. I've experienced God working through me and doing through me what my action figure is not capable of doing. I come from bad roots and, and I, uh, genetically speaking, of course I ended up this way and, and I'm seeing change. I think what's happening though, is unlike my abstinence from alcohol, I'm having a rougher time with the emotional sobriety and I keep falling off the wagon. And, um, I find myself just even being very punitive with, with uh, crying, for example, like tracking in my calendar. Okay, well, I didn't cry these four days, but shit, I cried on Thursday. And, and you know, I'm treating that as me falling off the wagon. And um, yeah. 
Honey, that's something playing God, though, Leah. You you have one of those stern God playing things, yeah? You've got to realize, you've got to send it a little memo that you have a new employer. Yeah, it's consultations are, aren't uh, wished for, so to speak, yes? Yeah, you're hard on yourself, and therefore you're hard on others. But... Uh, you know, even the like sharpest rock gets 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 uh, worn down by water. Yeah, so you're in that process, honey. And you have the you also have the process of making amends when there's mistakes and you step on people's toes. You know, you make an amend and yeah. But the whole point is, uh, you know, in the past it would be well. This isn't working. You jump off the boat and you drown. No, you stay on the boat and then you keep you keep going on the journey, so to speak. To what? Trusting the infinite from the finite self. Yeah, yeah, yes. Got it. Yeah, and and who says everything is supposed to work out? You may be more more useful to being the way you are than the way you're hoping to be. You never know. I mean, I can't judge. Yes? I thought, like, when I was uh, younger in AA, I could see that I could affect people because I could articulate what's in their heads, yeah? And, and break it down into patterns so they could recognize something that was affecting them, yeah? So it felt natural to put myself in a position to be used. It was just the way to go. And then when it seemed to be working on bigger scales, I took it as almost a demand that I should get better. I should really start working on myself. How could I, this come through me? And I attempted to, and that which was using me, you know, called it off, basically. <laughs> it just says, you don't need to be any better. You're perfectly suited for my little agenda. <laughs> yeah, so don't be, uh, <laughs> and basically, not, you know, the memo that's always with every other memo. And, you know, you're irrelevant in this event, so to speak. <laughs> so don't worry. Just, just show up to the meeting. You don't have to be glorious and loving gazes. It's going to come through, yes? Because there's a bigger thing at hand than your little agenda and their little agenda. Yeah? It's this agenda. So, yes, I've learned long a time ago. Yeah. <laughs> no, Paul, that's very humble. It's beautiful. That's very, very humble and beautiful. And, and it's speaking to me because I think even in, there's somewhere, somewhere in here, there's, I'm still working an angle or an agenda. I, well, and, you're and, not. It's the head, honey. You're yeah. not. Remember. You want to see the identification as that which you're not. So there, that's not you, hon. You know, you're not the stern headmistress. You know, you're not the fucking principal. You know, you're not the, yes. Yeah, that's, that's your head. That's uh, an aspect of the selfing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't take orders from that anymore. And you don't have to you know, come to attention when it enters the fucking room. Yeah. You've got a, a much larger power at hand running the show. Yes. Yeah.
this is the thing. Uh, I remember the first years of AA, I felt like the self that now had become the policeman aspect had me on probation for five years, you know, watching every little move I made. It was fucking hell. It was like living in East Germany, I imagine, in a Stasi period or something. It was just fucking, if this is sobriety, it's not that great. Yeah. But then I, I had to recognize that the self as the thief had moved to to be the self as the police as the policeman, yeah, and the policeman was didn't have much fun planned for me. <laughs> it was uh, so. It's freedom from both aspects, not freedom from the one and then bondage to the other. Yeah, yeah. So now a lot of the behaviors that were stern and uh, there's more there. They're, uh, they're, they're covered with acceptance, so to speak, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 so uh, that was something I hadn't had since my grandmother. You know, my grandmother was the lady who brought me up, and she died when I was nine, and, you know, I had a real love with her, you know, physical, emotional, dependence completely, and... Uh, after she passed away and the heads got very developed, I really, uh, acceptance was a very foreign event. Yeah. Not, not forthcoming, no matter what I did really, or didn't do. And then over the years of just entertaining these ideas, I noticed that I was in a different atmosphere than I used to live in, which was, I would give it the words of acceptance. So all the, all the blind sides and blind spots of Paul, maybe not loved or hated, but they were accepted, let's say. Yeah. And, uh, because I see I'm not this really, truly. I don't know what I am, but I see I'm not that which I had been taking myself to be. That I'm clear on. And so that which was being held as the, as the cause of a lot of shit was this body. And uh, it had a hell of a time living under this tyranny. Yeah, I mean, seriously. And it's been a great, it was a great, great uh, revelation when uh, it was recognized as not the center of the universe, you know, <laughs> or, or the the chariot to get to the gods or something, you know, it's just a regular action figure and it has its foibles and I have a way of life that I can make amends for my inconsiderate, dishonest, uh, selfish, self-seeking uh, events. Yes. I don't claim them to be mine, but I make amends for them. And I, I live a lot of living amends really. When I notice something and someone's pointing it out to me, I take it into heart and I try not to do that as much. Yeah. And then, but it's not, it's not like the headline news for three weeks. It's just, all right, move on and yeah, travel lighter through all this. Yes. So yeah, honey, just, uh, you had that, the policeman takes on a certain appearance in you, yes, but both of them, the thief and the policeman, are emperors with no clothes, yeah, yeah. You don't want to switch one for the other, it sucks, 
tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you, honey. Thank you for all the uh you've done for me and this group. So you've been put to great use in these Zooms. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Leah. Thanks, Paul. Um, right now, we don't have any hands, but you know, Gabe had his, oh, John D is available. Here, let's ask John to unmute. Hi, I'm John. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Paul, how are you today? It's nice hey, to see you, even in our little box. I'm happy to, you know, mention that you and I are dear friends and close in each other's lives, but Nevertheless, your message is uh, always richer and wider whenever I'm in the presence of it. And uh, I was just thinking as, as if uh, in the concept of uh, for any of us who have the experience of collapsing under the misery of chemical dependency and a, an authentic shift occurs like it did for me or apparently for yourself and many millions of others is that it drops me in a different place like that isn't just like I got a headache and I can't go up on that roof today or something in my case, you know, it's like I am like it was like a demonic possession and I was terrified. It was like that's different, you know, but then and so I come to AA and I'm and it's much of a question as I'm saying, because you speak in imagery and, and analogy. That's great. Is it almost as if uh, we come in AA and we, we might make the mistake that AA is a clearing not a straitjacket, you know, and, and that, and that this idea that, uh, that we put it on in such a manner that immediately the self, this negative, bad self, whatever we want to call it, immediately wants to make a harness out of it instead of a clearing. Is that anything close to what you're saying? I'm really asking. Thank you. Yes. Yes. See, yeah, that's the thief and the policeman. So finally, the thief is brought to the court. Yeah. And now the thief, the spirit of the thief moves into the policeman. And you're bonded to self. Yes, from that little side. Yeah, so this is a... There's a term in certain philosophies and ways of looking at the world called duality. Yes, and the basis of duality in us is dualism. Yeah? And so the selfing is in us in the same way. Yeah. The selfing is take is unbeknownst to us is like the subjective Paul. Then it gets noticed. And now it's been objectified as the bad Paul. And now it appears to view the bad Paul from this policeman view of the good Paul. Yeah. And now you get bound to the bondage of the good Paul which may be different as an expression as the bondage to the bad Paul, but they're both bondage, yes? Yeah? And we're asking to be, to be relieved of the bondage of self, and those are the twofold mannerisms they take, yes? The thief-policeman activity. So now there could be a, criti a critical uh, aspect in you that gets emphasized in sobriety and now you you suffer from a failed perfection, yes? So now you're doing inventories every day, looking at every intention, what is what, yes? And now it's just more obsession with self, yeah? 
in a different ballpark, so to speak. So they are not in this ballpark of recovery. The policeman self has has a much huger role than in the act of addiction, where it's the thief self. Yes, we think there's only one self. No, there isn't. There's no selves. There are two aspects, and. If one ain't getting you, the other is, so to speak. <laughs> like a, drunk, a drunken piece of shit, now I'm a sober piece of shit. No good. There's well, exactly. And you know how people, I've worked with people who the policeman is that straitjacket where they can't stop taking inventories. So they're not enjoying the freedom from the thief self because the policeman self has got them watching every second. They can't take a shit without doing an inventory about it. That to me isn't, that's, yeah. I don't see that as freedom from the bondage of self. I see it as a new form of bondage of self, yeah. Thank you for answering my question. I'm going to shut the fuck up now and turn off my microphone. All right, nice to see you, John. Come on up here soon, yeah. All right. Thank you, John, for coming in. Thanks, Paul. And Alicia, I see your hand up. Oh, hey, how you doing? I just want to say hi to hey, the lady that was speaking. But to Paul, I want to ask, is there is there is there an issue being a piece of shit? Hmm? Is there a problem being a piece of shit? <laughs> Unless it's you that, I don't know, you'd have to uh, be a piece of shit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's the identification. The problem resides in the identification as the one who's a piece of shit. Yes. Yeah. The, 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 the stickiness of I am the piece of shit. Yes. The, the stickiness of identification. Yeah. There's this axis of one that uh, critiques the two. Yeah, I'm insane. I'm really clear. Yeah, yeah I but see, yeah. there's a sense of you in both cases. Yeah. yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also think I have a joke question. Hmm? I just want to say hi. How are you doing? Nice to see That's you, fun. bro. Yes. But that's an important point. I feel, but again, that goes a lot into the non-duality idea, but yeah. Thank you again, Paul. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yes, you're welcome. Thanks, Alicia. And I see Michael Stacy has his hand up. Uh, we don't take any questions from Stacy, no. Well, that's good, Paul. Thank you. My name is Paul. I thought, he was, I thought he was blocked. <coughs> blocked. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. So here's my way out. Okay. This, this question is actually from Nick in our group today. And he wrote to me in chat and it goes like this. A little out of left field, but I'm hopeful that applying your philosophy to the outside world will deepen my understanding. So I'm curious how you feel our penal system. If personal responsibility is essential, essentially a delusion, how should we hold and support criminals? Thank you, Paul. Uh, that's uh, well. Right now, that's an outside topic, but 
Uh, yeah. I have my opinions about that, but they're not well-placed here. Yeah, so. There's criminality, but are there a criminal? Yeah, is there a criminal? Yes, this is, uh, this is trying, arriving at the noun by the claiming of the verbing. Yeah, it's insanity, really. But, a uh, yeah. This place is crazy. Yeah. You got to do as, you know, you got to do what you can do in the theater that you're in, so to speak. Yeah. So here we are in recovery and our main agenda is to, you know, to help other people attain society, uh, sobriety and to practice principles in our affairs. So we sort of stay on that point. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so, but if he wants an answer or get, wants my opinion, he can get in touch with me about the penal system. Thank God I was a fleeting member, though rather frequent for never that long in the penal system. <laughs> yes, but I had the great uh, fortune here. We They have a very big prison program in San Quentin, which is a, a famous prison, not far from where I live, about 15 minutes, but super far from how I live, super far, but not far geographically. And I used to go in there and, uh, you know, you'd, you'd have to get asked by people that are doing it. And so one guy who knew me from the past got in touch with me and I used to go in there uh, to bring a meeting in. And then I got the honor of speaking at the big event for the year. So at, at, at the end of the year, they have a big ice cream and dessert party for all the prisoners and all the people that have been coming in throughout the year. And it's this big gala. And then I was the main speaker. And then before me were people, were prisoners. Yeah. Very, it was just mind boggling. It was very, very cool. And I had the chance it was like in a chapel inside. So I was, there was a, uh, a man sitting there and I sat next to him before the whole thing started. And uh, me and him started speaking and he had killed three people. He was in there for life. Yes. And he had been investigating like spirituality and he had a very pretty good understanding, at least from my humble view of the idea of self and stuff. And we had a great conversation for like 20 minutes. And, you know, these are the, you know, the greatest moments of my life are the fleeting ones, you know? I remember shit uh, more like signposts on the road, but the road, some of the great moments just are the, in the living of it, yeah? And I had many of them that day, the great joy of sharing. So, uh, and there was a lot of light there, yes? So wherever we are, that which is moving through us can override the effects of the situations and the circumstances. That's how powerful spirit is, yeah? So, yeah, yeah. See, a lot of people have a penal system in themselves, yeah? They've got the thief and they got the policeman and the policeman also plays the judge and it's also 
the probation hearing people, and it does, plays a lot of roles. And then you're the, you know, and uh, you're already convicted in that mental penal system already. Yeah. You are. You're convicted of things based on you being the doer of stuff that you should never have done. Yeah. Or you should have done a lot of shit you never did. So you've already, there's been a passing of judgment on us already in the head. Yeah. Don't be fooled. <laughs> and, uh, and the oh, penal, oh, penal system is the penal system. Yeah. Okay. It could look like it's an open air prison, but it's still the penal system up here. Yeah. So we try to work on that penal system. We try to bring us, bring us uh, into an awareness of what's going on so that, because this, this can be walked out truly a lot easier than a physical one in a sense. Yeah. Because a physical one, it's solid. And there's a point of it being seemingly real by its effects on us. Most of this mental shit's coming out of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. In the court of light, you know, you never were convicted of anything. All your seeming transgressions have been null and voided from the beginning, really. You're never, you've, all the marks you think you've left has never laid a mark on what we are, you know? So, uh, hopefully you'll walk out of this Zoom with that idea. Yeah, yeah. What we do and don't do has a lot of effects. But the biggest effect is the idea of being the doer or the not the doer. Let's, let's question that, yeah? This isn't a rehabilitation meeting. This is a recognizing the exact nature of the wrong meeting, in my view. Yeah. Yes. All right. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael. And thanks, Nick. And thanks, Paul. And guess what? We have Kurt with his hand up. Our friend Kurt. Let me ask him to unmute. I got it. Thanks, Mickey. Thanks, Paul. You know, that I wasn't going to say anything, but uh, Michael's conversation brought up, you know, because it relates to my experience. And a long time ago, a guy said, look, I, I'm, an, I'm not an ex-convict. I'm a man who's been to prison. And yeah. uh, I've been on both sides of that. I've been locked up in the state penitentiary in Texas. And I got a number, 378742. But I also went back to prison, and that part of the message going back to prison was a message that was carried to me. You're not an ex-convict. You're a man who's been to prison. And that was just the extent of it, you know. Um, so uh, I've seen people that have come out of the penitentiary and have remained ex-convicts. And, and the last one, in fact, Chris, my buddy Chris knows him here. He died of an overdose because he was an ex-convict. And he kept, he held on to that persona. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a shame because you know, we're not what we do, you know. 
So thanks, Paul, for your message. Thank you, Kurt, for all the space and the support. Yes. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks, Paul. Any I don't I don't see any hands. All right. Well, let's call it a day. Yep. Okay. Well, you have Rich put his hand up for uh, a minute. All right. Let's call let's call Rich. Hey Paul, there how you, you doing? Go, Rich. Hey, Rich. No, you're muted. No, I can't hear okay. you. Yeah, I just right. want to say thank you. And just to say, I've been just really touched and really been able to relate to what people have said about crucifying themselves, really. I've had that, I, I've never understood before uh, what you're talking about, about the policeman. And I get it now. And that fucker has been like giving me shit since. The things I did as young as 12 years old, and it would never, ever let me off the hook. It was unbelievable. I could be Mother Teresa, Gandhi, and God knows who else rolled into one, and it was never enough. It would say, no, you're never enough, and it would come up with another reason why I was still the biggest piece of shit on earth. Um, and, yeah, I, I just felt a lot of compassion listening to other people and just seeing that thing i'll uh, i just want to say one last thing is what i was going to talk about originally and then i got the yeah, l choked up listening to everyone i came out of my house the other day and there was a car across my drive and it were boxing me in but i came out of my house to go for a walk i didn't need to get out of my drive but i felt that inside me i looked at that car across the drive and that inside me wanted to watch that car burn and i questioned it i went I don't care if that car's parked across my drive. I'm going for a walk. What does it matter? And uh, turns out the guy whose car it was who was blocking me and he came out. Uh, and we had a really nice chat. Because I didn't listen to that, but what I'm not, then it, it ended up as a really good thing. So, yeah. So just thank you. I'm getting a lot out of this. Thank you. There you go. There's a little demonstration that's actually pretty big. Yeah. You got to read the demonstrations because the head has an ongoing story to quickly oh, forget shit. miracles in a half an hour. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like a, it's it's not an objective uh, narration. Yeah, it has an agenda. It's attempting to support a story. So you have to when the story is being counted by a new demonstration, it's a nice thing to honor it, yeah? Yeah, it's something I'm practicing more and more. If, if I'd have, honestly, if I'd have acted out on 10% of what my mind would suggest to me, I'd be life in prison, without a doubt. But yes. thankfully, I've, I've always been quite a controlled person, so I've never really hurt anyone. But yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts in there, and I'm not, I'm seeing it a little bit separate, not as an enemy, but as separate, it's just a set of programs running away and it just does what it does. And yeah, Great. eventually I'm just going to learn to just laugh at it. Oh, that's, that's weird. Because that's, uh, that's a report uh, from space, space from the bondage. I always like those reports. Yeah. When you're starting to see what you used to look from, 
that's how it feels. And then you stated the word and you had the emotion of compassion. That's, that's an appropriate response to seeing that. Again, seeing in others. Yeah, just some that's compassion. for me. Yeah, I know. It's a wonderful feeling because, uh, yeah, compassion, uh, yeah. You get more used to it. It comes out of this. When you're living from the infinite, compassion is uh, a frequent visitor. Because you just see what's happening. And, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't exempt yourself from it even though if you're not feeling it now you you recognize it and uh, yeah i had this personal experience this week i have uh my oldest sister who really uh showed up when i got run over by the car she uh she really showed up I wouldn't have one of my legs, my lower leg, if I if she hadn't uh, fought for it, because they were going to cut cut it off. And she uh, opened up a room from our old house. She had bought it from my mom, and I stayed in that room for eight months in a hospital bed. So her son, her oldest son, uh, has is has alcoholism. Alcoholism has him in other situations, and so. I hadn't heard from him and no one in the families, he's like persona non grata at family stuff. And I got a call and in the beginning, a couple of years ago, it was the same, same, send me money and shit. And then he got sober. Uh, and uh, then I didn't hear from him for months and I knew, you know, <laughs> but he had been drinking, but he had the enough wisdom to realize it hadn't, taken off yet, but it was going to. So now he's been calling me every day and I try to share with him, you know, that thing of, you know, to me, it's like making, a, making uh, demonstrating for my sister, trying to be available to him. It's more, you know, I have a feeling, I've got like a dog in the hunt, you know, I, I'd like him to be sober. Most people, it's life is determining it, but I'd like him to be sober. And um, it's sort of like funneling his mom's thing. And I was pointing out to him that, you know, this isn't all about you. You know, you can live, you can do this as a living amends to your mother. You know, you can see that her greatest wish for you was the same that my mother had for me, which was for me to be happy. And that was equated as me being sober. I needed to be sober if I was ever going to be okay. Yeah. So my mother wanted me to be sober and I, she passed away and I had two years of sobriety and that has always done a huge, that was a great, great, uh, just great. And so I was just, you know, sharing that with him and he had a moment of, of coming to Jesus, you know, because I got emotion, I got emotional and I was sharing and, uh, about how much I loved his mother and, uh, yeah, it motivated him. It influenced him. And he's been calling me every day and hopefully he'll get into the process, you know, and hopefully live the rest of his life or at least today a sober man it would be great. So, yeah, these start, you start having feelings like this a lot because before when I was out there, it was a priority not to feel anything other than that 
other than what I shot up or drank, yeah, <laughs> really. And so now I have a pretty extensive life of feeling and emotion, yeah. It's cool, sort of cool, it's rich, very rich, so yeah. Thanks, guys. It was a nice day today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, everyone. Paul. Yeah. It was amazing. Thank you, Paul. All right. So let's uh, so there's let's say a good hello and goodbye to everyone. There's Carrie. Carrie's now in his rightful home, Hawaii. I think. Yes. Fantastic. Very good. Mike. Nice to see you, Mike. See you soon. I think. Paul, nice to see you, Paul. I went with the button-down shirt. I figured, you know, yeah, just keep pouring it on you. We got Kurt. Nice to, <laughs> nice to see Kurt. Thanks for your share, Kurt. Tommy, nice to see I don't see you, but nice to see you. Jacob from Seattle and some character. Nice to see you guys. Leah, as always, yeah. You're a lifetime member of Zen Bitch Slap, honey. Yeah. Rich A, always, thank you so much for sharing. And uh, I could feel the sense of compassion. It's a very nice, it's a, one of the, uh, one of the uh, symptoms of being sober. Yeah. You start having empathy and compassion. Yeah. I just thought I were cold and heartless. <laughs> yes. It's so, it's awesome. So. We've got, uh, let's see, I just lost everyone there. All right, we've got Mickey. Did a great job, Mickey. Yeah, yeah. Your hair got a little shorter or something, eh? Yeah. Don't go, uh, don't go all nun on us. You're not going to go to the nun level. Maybe you will. All right. Uh, there's a, I, oh, it's Jill, but with a G. Nice to see you, honey. I'm happy to see you're not in the driver's seat. That's good. We got Helen from England. Nice to see you, Helen. We Joseph from France. John Dowd from, I don't know where he's from. He's in from San Rafael. Yeah, right nearby. Malkin. Nice to see you, Malkin, as always. Hey, man. Ruby Rose, our emissary in Wichita, Kansas. Yes. Nina, not Tina or Mina. It's Nina. Nice to see you, Nina. I want to say thank you to Leah for her question, because I really appreciated the question and your answer. Fantastic. Great. Well, we're like a hive. Stefan on having never left. Always a pleasure. We got Jess from uh, Dublin or nearabouts. Yes. Good to see you, honey. We got W. He's in uh, he's in home arrest in uh, Amsterdam. He's got the ankle bracelet on. Can't leave. Nice to see you, Walter. We got Deb. Deb from Chicago. Hopefully getting over the knee, getting better. Good. Chris B. Nice to see you, Chris. We got Michael Stacy. Say hello to Nick for me. Yeah. Nice to see you, Michael. Call always. Eamon, nice to see you, Eamon. We got Tanya from uh, M Tanya MC. Nice to see you, Tanya. Eric, Eric, yes, nice to see you, Eric. 
Oh, I like your shirt. Thank you. Yeah, I've got to, I'm trying to, uh, I'm going to keep Paul down. I can't let Paul up in the UK until he <laughs> surrenders. So, yeah, I'm pouring it on. Thank you. Well, you know, you got to start. Uh, it's like compensation, you know. When you get a little older, you got to sort of compensate with a little, some flair on the, uh, try to. <laughs> look fly, you look fly. Oh, uh, there you go. Thanks. We got Maggie. I can't go on these little rants. I could get in trouble. We got Oliver. We got Nick, Maggie, uh, and everyone else who's anonymous. Hey, such a pleasure. Thank you so much. I'll see some of you tomorrow night, and I'll see, hopefully, some of you uh, back on Thursday. Yes? Thank you, Thanks, Paul. Guys. Thank, Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Thank everybody. You, Paul. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Paul.